Shabbat Shalom and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Another bountiful and beautiful Sabbath and blessings to you all. Those of you in the chat, greet one another and make those connections. Of course, we are in the seventh month. The feasts of Yahuwah are upon us. Of course, the sound of the shofar, the feast of trumpets has passed. We are on the Sabbath today and now we anticipate 10 days of trouble and shaking as we now prepare to come into Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. And we will be having a connect meeting for Yom Kippur, which is not this Sunday, it is Sunday the 26th of September on the Roman calendar and that will be at 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time in the morning. So go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and make sure that you connect with us, your brothers and sisters scattered abroad for Yom Kippur. And in the meantime, this is the season, season excuse me, of Teshuvah. Teshuvah to return to repent. This is a time of inward reflection to really go deep in within ourselves and to bring forth that repentance to Yahuwah to get us in that proper state of participa participation in the Feast of Yom Kippur. Because remember, for those that do reject Yahuwah and His ways, Yom Kippur is when He will pour out His wrath on a Yah-rejecting society, a society in which we do now see currently rising up and raising up at every single turn possible. But we will prevail as we will then proceed to go into Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, coming up this season for us. Of course, we're going to be celebrating at the camp here in Salem, Oregon, a few days late. Um, we'll be celebrating in our homes at first and then moving to the camp on the October the 5th. And you can find that sign-up available at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And just scroll down a little bit to the biblical feasts and then press the button and it will forward you over to Eventbrite where you'll be able to register and sign up for the Feast of Tabernacles 2021. I'm so looking forward to seeing all of you. We're having people come by train, by plane and by automobile. I think there was a movie about that, wasn't there? Anyway. Anyway, we are and we're truly blessed. All we need is a couple of camels and some horsebacks and we'll have every mode of transportation available. We got cut off short last week. I think we were talking about, I was we, I was talking about some things that possibly you shouldn't be talking about on the YouTube. Anyway, this week I'm going to keep it very cool, calm and collected. We are in the 29th chapter of Maser Shlachim, the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 29. You're not going to find it in your King Jimmy. You're not going to find it in your NIV. And for, to a man who comes from just across the road from Ludgate Hill where St. Paul's Cathedral is, I live just south of the River Thames when I was a younger man in my early 20s, and I would often walk past St. Paul's Cathedral called Ludgate Hill. And having two brothers that live in Kent 
quite near Sandwich, Kent, this is going to be an exciting chapter for me. And I hope those of you that live in England will be thoroughly excited as well. I know we have some of you. I saw somebody already in the chat from Wolverhampton, the Wolverhampton Wolves watching us. And I know we have others from all over the United Kingdom as well and the rest of the world. But this is a fabulous chapter because this talks about how Rav Sholiak Shaul and I would suggest the other apostles migrated not only through Greece, up into Rome, getting shipwrecked on Malta, as we have seen, but then went on into Spain and then ended up in the British Isles. And this is where we come into the 29th chapter of the book of Acts. It's fascinating. going to give you a fair bit of supportive documentation because there are a bunch of trolls and naysayers and unbelievers that, oh, I don't believe that. It's only the King Jimmy, only the New International Version or whatever your favorite one is. I think there's a lot of support to show that Paul was in Great Britain. Of course, London was called Londinian by the Romans. And those of you that have been to the United Kingdom, maybe you've gone to Bath and you've seen the wonderful baths, the Roman baths there. It's absolutely fascinating. Then, of course, you can go down and see dolmens, which were signposts and markers that the 12 tribes of Israel set as they were migrating westward from Judea after the Assyrian captivity. They set dolmens as they migrated westward up into Gaul and up into Britain. And of course, there was the Isaiah scroll that was found in Ireland several years ago, deep within the mud. So I think there's a lot of artifacts and history that would support what I'm about to teach today. But this isn't something new. This has been, of course, history sometimes when it cuts against the grain they try to bury it just like today when you try to communicate truth they want to deplatform you hence why we had some problems last week and all of a sudden we were we were down weren't we why what was i talking about in particular you'd have to go back and see I've got more to say on that, but you'll have to talk to me personally. Those of you that are coming to Sukkot, that's called the Fireside Chats. It's a lot of fun. We've got a new musician here today who just played us a wonderful song who's going to be at the Fireside Chat at Sukkot. And I know that we've got our brother um, Doug and Kevin Niebling that is coming down. But um, we are excited about that. We'll talk about some of those things. So... The setting is, we know that Rav Shaliak Shaul was imprisoned in Rome. So the 29th chapter, it's the period between Paul's two Roman imprisonments. And it's about 63 to 67 of the common era. Now you remember in 2 Timothy, Paul says in chapter 4 in verse 16, he says this, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Well, what is that? I believe that was the Romans. He was delivered out of the Roman imprisonment. He was released from Rome, and that, I believe, is what Paul was talking about to Timothy. 
I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Roman imprisonment is what he was referencing. That is my belief. Because after his release by the Roman authorities, Paul spent four to five years traveling to the land of the Gentiles and visiting Crete. That's referenced in Titus, in chapter 1, verse 5. He visited Nicopolis in Titus 3, 12. He visited Troas in 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 13. He also um, visited Malthus and Corinth in 2 Timothy 4.20. So you can kind of make a little chart of those times that were referenced, and you can see the migration of Paul. Why was he doing it? Why on earth was he migrating westward? Because the prophet Isaiah told us so. In Isaiah, Yeshayahu, chapter 42, verse 1 through 12, I won't read it for brevity's sake now, but in your own time you'll see that Isaiah prophesied that the gospel would have to be, the Besorah, better, would have to be published westward, and it would reach the isles that belonged to the Gentiles the isles that belong to the Gentiles, from where we derive the term the isles of the Gentiles, the United Kingdom, right? I was born in the isles of the Gentiles, and now look at the mission that I've been ordained to do, and that is to teach and gather the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Many of us thought that we were Goyim. Many of us thought that we were just Gentiles, but we're actually part of the 12 tribes of Israel being gathered in to one whole house by Moshiach Yahushua himself. Now, Shaul wrote the pastoral epistles of 1 Timothy and Titus in about 67 of the common era, so around this time. And it was during this period of release that Shaul traveled to Spain. That's referenced in Romans 15, 24 and 8. Uh, 28. He went to Gaul, which later became known as France, and on to, of course, Ludgate Hill, which is the present site of St. Paul's Cathedral in London, just north of the River Thames. Now, the apostles went on to preach in Great Britain. That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Some of you may not believe me, and, and that you're entitled to that opinion, but I hope to bring forth a lot of other writings today to show you and demonstrate that this is not just Matthew Nolan's idea. This is something that has been passed on down through history. Now, the British scholar Adam Clark, he lived from 1762 to 1832, and he was the three-time president of the Methodist Conference of Great Britain. He made the following commentary under his Matthew 24 verse 14 entry and his quote Clark even enlists Thomas Newton who was the Bishop of Bristol and the Dean of St. Paul's Cathedral in 1768 and he was also the author of the treatise dissertations on the prophecies and this is what he said concerning the gospel spread that Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah 42 this is what he says, quote, 
Now remember, this is from the 1760s. And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the world. Perhaps no more is meant here than the Roman Empire. However, we are under no necessity to restrain the phrase to the Roman Empire as previously to the destruction of Jerusalem. The gospel was not only preached in Lesser Asia and Greece and Italy. The greatest theaters of action then in the world, but it was likewise propagated as far north as Scythia, as far south as Ethiopia, and as far east as Parthia and India, and as far west as Spain and Britain. There is some probability that the gospel was preached in the British nations by Saint Simon the Apostle, and that there is much greater probability that it was preached here by Saint Paul, and that there is absolute certainty that it was planted here in the times of the apostles before the destruction of Jerusalem. That's pretty fascinating, isn't it? Pretty fascinating. And that's just one. So the question that I have is why on earth did the Catholic Church want this so hidden from history? Why? Because it was about replacement theology, replacing Israel, replacing the Jews, replacing the Sabbath, replacing the feasts replacing the Torah, its classic replacement theology, and its top-down control. Whereas Yahuwah is about building from the bottom up, building with people, setting slaves free, and bringing the meek of the world, and bringing us into the kingdom. You see, the historian Eusebius, in his third book, of evangelical demonstrations, chapter 7, admitted that the apostles passed over to those which are called the British Isles. Again, he wrote, some of the apostles preached the gospel in the British Isles. So Acts 29, to me, as an Englishman, is very exciting because it gives an account of Paul's journeyings after his two years in forced residence or house imprisonment in Rome. And it is written in the very same style as the book of Acts. And it reads kind of like a continuation. And it ends with the Amen, which is missing in chapter 28 which is quite interesting to me. That kind of stands out. Now, it was found, this 29th chapter, it was found interleaved in a copy of Sonny's Travels in Turkey. So it's called the Sonny Manuscript. Many of you know this. So bear with me, but there's a lot of our audience that are new to Torah and new to the Hebrew understanding of things. So please be patient. It was found interleaved in a copy of Sonny's Travels in Turkey and Greece. And it was purchased at the sale of the library and effects of the late Right Honourable Sir John Newport Bart in Ireland, whose family coat of arms were engraved on the cover of the book.
Now, it had been in his family's possession for quite some time, about 30 years, and the document was translated by C.S. Sonny from an original Greek manuscript found in the archives of Constantinople, and it was presented to him by the Sultan. So there's a fascinating history on his travels for the Sultan in that region. So Acts 29 from the Sony manuscript, and it's written sometime in the late 1700s and certainly before 1800. Now, C.S. Sony published his copy of Sony's travels in Turkey and Greece, and it was published and translated into English in around 1799. And this, you know, people vary on the date a little bit. But it was av available earliest at around 1800. So this is, this is quite cemented in. And if this manuscript, think about it, if it had been allowed to circulate before the curse of dispersion was lifted, you have to remember that Yahuwah put a curse on the ten northern tribes in Leviticus 26, that they would be scattered into the nation, and this time had to be fulfilled. Remember Ezekiel the prophet that he laid on his side. And remember, this is a time calendaration of when the tribes would be scattered into the nation and the time of the curse would be fulfilled. That's our generation. And that's why so many of you are waking up to your Hebrew identity, to your Jewish identity if you're from the tribe of Judah. And so many of you are waking up to that. And it is absolutely enlightening because you start to come out of the matrix, don't you? You start to think for yourselves and you'll realize that you're no longer captives to religion and to pastors and, of course, their pulpits. You start to think for yourself. So, for me, this is powerful. Let's delve into the first verse of chapter 29. I believe I will read it in its entirety for you today. And Paul, full of blessings of Christ and abounding in the Spirit, departed out of Rome, determining to go into Spain. For he had a long time purpose to journey thith thereward, and was minded also to go from thence into Britain. And he heard in Phoenicia that certain of the children of Israel, about the time of the Assyrian captivity, had escaped by sea to the isles afar off, as spoken by the prophet, as Isaiah 42 for you, and called by the Romans Britam, or Britain. Britam, Brit meaning covenant, am meaning people. So they're the covenant people, or the people of the covenant. Verse 3, And the Lord commanded the gospel to be preached far, hence to the Gentiles and to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And no man hindered Paul, for he testified boldly of Jesus before the tribunes and among the people. And he took with him certain of the brethren which abode with him at Rome. And they took shipping at Ostium, and having the winds fair, were brought safely into a haven of Spain. And verse 5, And much people were gathered together from the towns and the villages and the hill country. 
And they had heard of the conversation in the, excuse me, the conversion of the apostle and many miracles of which he had wrought. And Paul preached mightily in Spain, and great multitudes believed, and they were converted, for they perceived he was an apostle sent from God. And they departed out of Spain, and Paul and his company, finding a ship in Amorica, sailing unto Britain, they went therein. And passing along the south coast, they reached a port called Raffinus. Now, this is right near where my brothers live. This is in Kent. It's the Roman name for Sandwich, Kent. And in, Saxon's in Saxon times, there was still standing in Sandwich an actual a house called the House of the Apostles. That's pretty remarkable. Now, in verse 8, now notice that I'm using God, Lord, and Jesus, so don't get offended. I'm reading it from the translation. I've, I'm not, I haven't Hebrewed this up, okay, because I want to give it to you straight from the horse's mouth. You can make it Hebraic with your own tongue, but right now I just want to read this as the Sony manuscript translated from Greek into the King Jimmy English, okay? It was 1799, so give me a break. Some of you that... He said to Lisa Jesus! See, it's that, you've got to watch that Leviathan spirit. Does it just rise up in you? Because I said Jesus and God and Lord. See? Don't get triggered. Relax. It's cool. I'm still all about Yahweh and Yahusha, Hamashiach and Torah. And see, no, I don't have seat seats anymore. Some of you are offended by that. Don't have my skull cap on anymore. I mean, you know, we grow, we, we change, but the word of Yahweh is forever standing. Verse 8. Now, when it was noised abroad that the apostle had landed on their coast, great multitudes of the inhabitants met him, and they treated Paul courteously. And he entered in at the east gate of their city and lodged in the house of a Hebrew and one of his own nation. Isn't that amazing? We've been scattered all over. The First Nations people, so-called Native Americans... The African-American that isn't the African-American because they're really the royal priests and kings of the house of Judah. I mean, just the nonsense that history, they try because they want to keep us all down. We are scattered everywhere. And we are a royal priesthood, the royal house of Yahuwah. And he is gathering, gathering us in as the kings of this earth will be taken down and made low, and he will raise up his people, every nation, creed, color, and tribe, and bring us all into one, because we are a mixed multitude of Joseph, Moshiach ben Yosef's coat. That's the gathering, brethren, and that is what the globalists are terrified of because it's all about trying to separate, divide, and hate on one another. And Yahuwah is all about love, ahava, gathering, mercy, compassion, empathy, caring for your fellow man, clothing those that need to be clothed, feeding those that need to be fed, and sheltering those from the bloody storm of this insane world in which we live. 
That is why there is so much pushback right now, brethren, because the work of Rav Shiliak Sha'ol to all tribes scattered abroad. Because if you identify yourself by your birth certificate, if you identify yourself by whatever the man is telling you you should identify, then you're going to miss who you truly, truly are in Israel. You see, and that's what they want. They want you to identify with all of these constructs of man. Because then that keeps you down. And it keeps us divided. I said I was going to read the whole thing through. I just can't help myself, can I? Verse 9. And on the morrow he came and stood upon Mount Lud. Of course, this is Ludgate Hill and the Broadway where St. Paul's Cathedral is built in London. And I would trundle on past here often on my walk to work in the morning when I was about 23. And the people thronged at the gate and assembled in the Broadway, and he preached Christ unto them, and many believed the word and testimony of Jesus. And at even the Holy Ghost fell upon Paul, and he prophesied, saying, Behold, in the last days the God of peace shall dwell in the cities, and the inhabitants thereof shall be numbered, and in the seventh numbering of the people. Well, what is that all about? This is an amazing time, because the seventh census in the United Kingdom was in 1861. It says here, until the inhabitants thereof shall be numbered in the seventh numbering of the people. And this seventh numbering of the people occurred in Britain in 1861. And the decade that followed witnessed the greatest expansion of the knowledge that Israel was in fact in the British Isles. Now, it went a little bit sideways and you came up with this British Israelitism, okay? Now I don't, I don't. Um, you've got to be careful with an Englishman talking about that. I don't, I don't um, agree with that, okay? Because it's all about Britain only. No, I believe that we've been scattered all over the nations, and yes, there are some tribal attributes, but I believe that we are a multi-ethnic tribe. It's not a, just about the white British man, okay? So you've got to be careful with some of that because then it goes way sideways, all right? But at the time of this, this is when the greatest expansion and people started to think, well, hang on a minute, there were 10 northern tribes that were scattered abroad. It's not just the British, give me a break. Ephraim and Manasseh, okay, the, Brit the Britons are the Manasseh and then Ephraim is, is America. It's a lot broader than that, okay, because we truly have to realize you've got the First Nations people, you've got what is termed African Americans that were really the royal kingdom of Judah that came over in slave ships from the land of Judah, the kingdom of Judah on West Africa. And then you have so many people, even the Druids in England. Okay, you can go, oh, they're a bunch of pagans. Well, yes, but no, because the Druids were just like the Ephraimite priests up in Tel Dan, because they were Ephraimite priests, but they were mixing the holy with the profane. And they weren't actually supposed to be priests, were they? 
That's what they were doing. That's typical Druidism. There are a bunch of high priests mixing the profane and the holy, and they're not even supposed to be priests because that is reserved for the tribe of Levi. So you can see that. It's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing stuff. Anyway, making some big connections here on the fly. Sorry, guys. And the people thronged at the gate and assembled in the Broadway, and he preached Christ unto them, and many believed the word and the testimony of Jesus. And even the Holy Ghost fell upon Paul, and he prophesied, saying, Behold, in the last days the God of peace shall dwell in the cities, and the inhabitants thereof shall be numbered, in the seventh numbering of the people. I believe that is the seventh census that happened in Britain in 1861. Now, what's interesting is in the 21st century, now you have another census that took place in 2011. So that's three times seven. So that brings forth another awakening of your identity. And there's a ton of people in the United Kingdom that have, are part of Torah to the tribes that have waken up, woken up since 2011 to their identity, which is fabulous. So I believe this is what we're seeing. The scripture continues in the 29th chapter here. Their eyes shall be opened and the glory of their inheritance shine forth before them. And that's what it is. Our inheritance is not going to be found in Mystery Babylon. They're going to make sure that is all squandered for you within the next year. I doubt it will even last a year. Our inheritance is in Yahuwah. Our inheritance and our identity are as the 12 tribes of Israel scattered abroad. Some of you may know what tribe you are from. Others of you may not. It matters not because we are of the house of Joseph. Joseph, because that is all-encompassing, isn't it? Beautiful. And you know what? If you are just a goyim, just a pagan, then guess what? You can repent and you can come too. And then you shall be treated just like the home-born. And you are grafted in because there is neither male or female, slave or free, for we are all one, Echad, in Moshiach Yehusha. And that's what you see in the model as we came out of slavery in Mitzrayim, as we are now coming out of slavery in mystery, mystery Babylon. Their eyes shall be opened, and the glory of their inheritance shall shine forth before them. And nations shall come up to worship on the mount that testifieth of the patience and long-suffering of the servant of our Lord. And in the latter days, new tidings of the gospel shall issue forth out of Jerusalem, and the hearts of the people shall rejoice. And behold, fountains shall be opened, and there shall be no more plague. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? And in those, day, in those days there shall be wars and rumors of wars, and a king shall rise up, and his sword shall be for the healing of the nations, and his peacemaking shall abide, and the glory of his kingdom a wonder among the princes. And the nations are just going to get sicker and sicker and sicker. So they are getting set up to meet their king. 
Will they have a heart to repent and make teshuva? Will they? That remains to be seen. But we are in the season of teshuva, repentance. We are now moving into the 10 days of awe. Okay? Verse 13 of the Sonny manuscript in Acts chapter 29. And it came to pass that certain of the Druids, you see, I knew I was going to get into the Druids, they came unto Paul privately and showed by their rites and ceremonies that they were descended from the Jews, which escaped from bondage in the land of Egypt. And the apostle believed these things, and he gave them the kiss of peace. And Paul abode in his lodgings three months, confirming in the faith and preaching Christ continually. And after these things, Paul and his brethren departed from Raphinus, where they'd had a sandwich, and sailed unto Atium into Gaol. It didn't say the sandwich bit. That's just me being silly. Some of you are, oh, really? No, that's where they invented sandwiches. No, I don't know. Maybe they did. We'll have to check that out. <laughs> and Paul preached in, they have a good deli there. And Paul preached in the Roman garrisons and among the people, exhorting all men to repent and confess their sins. This is the season. What a great time to read chapter 29. We are gathering in the 12 tribes scattered abroad. I got a wonderful email from Brenda this morning. She's going to be traveling by train with her brother all over the blooming place to get here, gathering in the tribes. This is so exciting to me. And I'm getting emails from people that are coming from all over. And this is fabulous. What a season. And it's a time to get right with Yahuwah in preparation for the feasts, isn't it? We live in amazing times. And I just want to be around my brethren. It's been too long. And that is what this world is trying to do. Get in your bloody house, stay in your house, you can't go anywhere, and you, you know, you're a bunch of lepers, hide your lip. I'm not a leper. The only time we're supposed to be veiled is if we've got leprosy for crying out loud. So you're all being treated like second-class citizens, slaves and lepers. That's the problem. I have a problem with that. I don't have a leprosy. Praise Yahuwah. And if I did have leprosy, I know exactly who to go to to get leprosy healed. Because I have the testimony of the leper scholar who can heal any disease. Anyway, get back on it, Matthew. See? Whew. We need somebody with like a camel whip, don't we? Levi would take that up, wouldn't you? You'd love to give your papa a good camel whipping, wouldn't you? That wouldn't last very long, let me tell you, son. He's got a big smile on his face. Will you remember when you were 10 years old? Trouble that you would get into? He's a very good lad. And it came to pass, certain of the Druids came unto Paul privately and showed by their rites and ceremonies that they were descended from the Jews. I think Ephraim better, most probably, because they were those pagan priests up in Tel Down, up in Bethel, right? Which escaped from bondage in the land of Egypt. And the apostle believed these things and he gave them the kiss of peace. And Paul abode in his lodgings three months, confirming in the faith and preaching Christ continually. And after these things, 
Paul and his brethren departed from Raphinus and sailed unto Atium and Gaol. And Paul preached in the Roman garrisons and among the people, exhorting all men to repent and confess their sins. Verse 17. And there came to him certain of the Belgae to inquire of him of the new doctrine and of the man Jesus. And Paul opened his heart unto them and told them all things that had befallen him. How be it that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and they departed, pondering among themselves and among the things which he had heard. And after much preaching and toil, Paul and his fellow laborers passed into Helvetia and came into Mount Pontius Pilate, where he who condemned the Lord Jesus dashed himself down headlong and so miserably perished. And immediately a torrent gushed out of the mountain and washed his body broken into pieces in the lake. And Paul stretched forth his hand upon the water, and he prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord God, give a sign unto all nations that here, very much here, Pontius Pilate, which condemned thine only begotten son, plunged down headlong into the pit. And while Paul was yet speaking, blood there, behold, came a great earthquake and the face of the waters was changed and the form of the lake like the son of man hanging in agony upon the cross and a voice came down out of heaven saying even Pilate hath escaped the wrath to come for he washed his hands before the multitude at the blood shedding of the Lord Jesus quite descriptive isn't it and verse 23, And when Paul and those that were with him saw the earthquake and heard the voice of the angel, they glorified God and were mightily strengthened in the spirit. And they journeyed and came to Mount Julius, where stood two pillars, one on the right hand and one on the left hand, erected by Caesar Augustus. And Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, stood up between the two pillars, saying, Men! Brethren, these stones which ye see this day shall testify of my journey hence. And verily I say, they shall remain until the outpouring of the Spirit upon all nations. Neither shall the way be hindered throughout all generations. So these are the dolmens that were set up by the migrating tribes all the way through from Babylon all the way up through Greece and Spain and Gaul and Rome and you see these dolmens all throughout Europe and here you can see these are the two pillars that testify and verse 26 and they went forth and came unto Iliacrum which of course is spoken about in Romans chapter 15 intending to go to Macedonia into Asia and grace was found in all the churches and they prospered and had peace amen and that's the end of the 29th chapter I've got a part two that I can go into next week to give you some more evidence and testimonies of some of those people that were living around the 17 and 1800s that I think would be fascinating but I think that's a good good place for us to stop today 
But what I would really like to think about before, you maybe put it up in the chat, if, if the church in Rome had let this migration of Paul be known, they would have lost their stranglehold on the identity and thereby their power. And I think today what you're seeing is that same dynamic, is people are waking up that there is a top-down power structure and it is over all elements of your life. But people want to be released from that captivity. And part of it is, do you identify with the nation in which you were born? Do you identify with the document of the birth certificate, with the drivers? Is that your identity? Or do you identify with Yahweh? Do you identify with his people? You see, when you start to do that, you start to come out of her, my people. And it's a supernatural, spiritual thing. And that is why I believe the Roman church didn't want this book, this chapter, I sh should say, to be made known because they had a stranglehold on the identity and they had a stranglehold on the citizenry of that very, very place. Because the identity and whereabouts of Israel who the true ecclesia is, once that's revealed and the people wake up, they say, we're leaving Egypt. We are leaving Egypt and we will plunder Egypt. I believe it's part of Yahweh's plan that the whole house of Israel would have lost their identity for that time. And it is until a time such as this, just like Esther said, that their identity would be revealed. Paul lived in dangerous times. You and I live in dangerous times too. But we must hold and cling to our identity as the lost sheep of the house of Israel and find our brothers and sisters wherever they may be. The apostle John, he revealed that there was much trouble coming. In his letters, he mentioned just by reading the text that there was a pagan conspiracy, a diabolical attempt by Simon Magnus and his false apostles back in the day to seize the name of Christ, to take over the true apostles and gain control over the true Nazarenes. And then what was born? A sect masquerading as the truth that was birthed into papal Christianity born at the Council of Nicaea in 325 of the Common Era, and you know the rest of the history. But once we identify with what Paul's talking about here in the 29th chapter of Acts, we wake up to who we truly are, the whole house of Israel in dispersion, but he's gathering us back. So hopefully next week I'll be able to get in a little bit talk about Peter being in Britain and the apostles being in Great Britain. But let's see what you have to say in the chat. And if you want me to um, hit you up, then please redline me at Torah to the Tribes and I will see your comments standing out in the chat. And remember, it's not too late to sign up for the Feast of Tabernacles. TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and you 
will be able to get right in there. Let's see. Let's see what we got going on. And I know that we had a wonderful time yesterday at the on the Feast of Trumpets, and we all met together, and there was much shofarim, and today we had Shabbat fellowship as well, and there was much to be said and gathered, I am sure. Let me make sure. Did much more truth. Did you find the droid you were looking for? That's exactly where it um, finished last week, isn't it? Did I find the droids I was looking for? Did you find the droids you're looking for? More like it, my friend. Yes. What is in the growler? Of course, the, 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 the only guy that realizes it's a growler would be the, the king of growlers himself, Mr. Snohomish, Diesel Grandpa, who does like a growler once in a while. This is, I am on the Tungsky cleanse. And this is um, a bunch of water with all kinds of tinctures in it. And I should have a sip. That's what it is. There is no booze in the growler. It is just homeopathic um, herbs and what's not. Shiloh says, observation, the leper scholar is thus the same as the hand that destroys the establishment of the eye. It's time, preparation for war, mount up and let's ride. See, now Shiloh's taking it down into the sowed level there. I like that. Are we going to see you at, oh, well, of course we're going to see you at Sukkot. You're doing the uh, um, medicine for us, aren't you? You're going to be cooking it up, cooking up the medicine. All right, let's see what else we've got here. Brenda Robinson says, talking about the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, from evening of the 26th to the evening, evening of the 25th to the evening of the 26th, by Leviticus 23, verse 32. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls in the ninth day, in the ninth day of the month, at evening from evening. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. Hallelujah. All right. What version, Christine Beamer, Shabbat Shalom, Christine. She asked, what version can you find the 29th chapter of the book of Acts? Um, and I like to use the Restoration True Name Edition. In the third edition, it's in there. And it's been Hebraic. Um, it's made more Hebraic. So you'll get, you know, Yahusha and um, Elohim and Yahuwah rather than um, the way that I read it to you straight from the Sony in the King Jimmy there. Um, but, um, yeah, that's what I would recommend. Shabbat Shalom, Emissary of Elohim. You should do a standalone recording that is put on a hard drive in case there are any issues with live stream. That way you don't lose out on recording your presentation. In fact, did we do that last week, Moshe? Did we record it, the whole thing on the hard drive? Or it, No, but it still cut us out, didn't it? Yeah, but we didn't get the end of it, did we? No, because it, the, they cut the stream. That's what it was, yeah. 
they, you know, whoever they are. Much more truth. Have you been tracking the La Palma volcano? A bunch of us think it might be Revelation 8 verse 8. Hey, I was um, listening to somebody yesterday who was very compelling. I mean, I'm not going to get into the calendar, okay, because we people divide too much over that. But there's a lot of, a lot of good information out there, and there's a lot of people that have spent a lot of time dedicating to the study of it and um, some good ideas anyway this chap was talking about that he believes we're about to go into the bowls we've already gone through the trumpets and um, there is a, a quite quite a case for many of the um, rivers turning to blood I know there was one just north of the Dead Sea recently that would turn to blood so it's pretty fascinating but no I haven't looked in the into the La Palma volcano Revelation 8, 9. Wow. Um, Psalm 1, Torah, his emet, Torah, his truth. Yerushalayim is now Israel. Asia is now Russia. China, India, etc. And back then was the Middle East, including Turkey. Okay. And I think I missed something. Yeah, Chris Warnke, and I believe Chris was um, has recently come out of Catholicism, I believe, right, Chris? Uh, he goes to say, so the Catholic Church perpetrated the first identity theft, nothing new under the sun. Well, there you go, you see? There you go. Oh, Chris De La Rosa, you going to wear the chicken hat next week? I'd have to dig that bad boy out. I think I still got it somewhere. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, Moshe's nodding his head. Yeah, that's right. Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur. Shalom Yahuwah. Have you read the apocryphal chapter of Acts? That's what we just read. Hallelujah worship. Blessing brother. Yah has shown me everything he is showing you. There is so much more, but exciting. Love you though, bro. Thank you. Hallelujah worship. And then Sam Jones gives us... Um, um, what are you saying, Sam? Where? Are, well, you popped out. There you go. Was the Lamb slain before the foundations of the earth for sin, or was the crucifixion for sin? That's excellent question. Excellent question. The Lamb. Oh, you know what? I'm drawing a blank. Of course, when Yahusha was was crucified, that was for he destroyed death. He destroyed death and gave us the ability to overcome sin. But it was foreordained before the foundation of the world that the lamb was slain because you have to realize what about all the people that had emunah like um, Noah and Moshe. They had faith. And there was, of course, the rebellion in heaven in Ezekiel 28. So it's really bookends, isn't it? It's all-encompassing. So I hope that, that gives some clarification on that. And I've done a, a much more in-depth teaching on the lamb being slain before the foundations of the earth and connecting Satan as the high priest with the priestly stones. I can't remember what teaching that was, and um, some of you may have a better. Do you remember that one? Oh, Dougie, Dougie in the Get Fresh crew says 7th edition Bereshit. Thank you, Doug. 
Thank you so much. I love it when you can re recall. Now, of course, bless Mario. Um, he would be able to just boom. I mean, you could just... Mario, Mario would always be able to just like, oh, it was, uh, you'd be just in the middle of a conversation. Oh, and he'd have it all. It was all right up there. He knew exactly what teaching it was, when it was, where it was, what chapter it was. It was, it was amazing to have that, that recall. So, oh. <sighs> Chris Warnke says, me no Catholic. All right. Sorry, Chris. Confusing you with another Chris. So many of you. Praise Yahweh. Ah, Shalom Yahweh says, oh, lo um, sorry I was late for your teaching. Right, I'm like, yes, that's what we just taught. Uh-huh. All right, Yeshayahu Israel. Matthew, have you considered physically removing yourself from Mystery Babylon before a physical destruction of that place? Well, give us some suggestions. Where should we go? We're, we're ready to roll into the wilderness. I mean, Revelation 12, Yeshayahu Israel. I mean, put it up in the chat. You know, help us, help us. You know, we all need to, iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. I'm ready to roll wherever Yahuwah would lead me. This world is 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 perishing now um, Jose says I'm on day 11 of the Tungsky fast I hope you all enjoy Suko. I'll miss you all up there in Oregon we'll meet for Passover Yahoo willing yes Baruch Hashem and if you are in Florida then you can connect with Jose's Sukkot group down there in Florida okay we've got groups all over the nation so please you can go to torahtothetribes.com forward slash connect if you can't make it to Oregon and find a group in your area so you can have Mishpocha. Oh, Chris De La Rosa, I ain't Catholic either. <laughs> it's not that, Chris. All right. All right. Now, the Libby Tube, Shabbat Shalom down there in Louisiana. I hope you're safe. I know you're inward from the coast. Um, are we to fast on Yom Kippur from food and drink? Now I'd go and refer you to watch a couple of my past teachings on Yom Kippur because then you can decide for yourself. But it is a time where we are to afflict our souls. What does that mean? That's something that you should find out the answer to. Oh, thank you, Chris. Chris Della Rosa, you can live with me, Matthew. Now, where are you again, Chris? And um, do you have acreage? I, I thought you did. I thought you did. But, yeah, it's uh, coming to that time, isn't it? Where did the house of Gad go? The Gadites. The Gadites. Off the top of my head, I don't know. Put it up in the chat, any of you that have um, maybe got better recall of Stephen Collins' books or um, teachings on the migration of the tribes. He's most probably the most thorough and solid on the migration of the tribes. Stephen Collins, 
the migration of the 12 tribes of Israel. Very, very good stuff right there. DZ, I used to be Greek Orthodox. All right. There's some very rich traditions in Greek Orthodoxy. I spent a lot of time in the Orthodox, Greek Orthodox quarter in Jerusalem when I was younger and found that those um, traditions were quite interesting to me at the time. But traditions, 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 as the prophet Isaiah says, we've got to put those aside and get into the truth and Torah of Yahuwah. Oh, Chris says he's, he's, um, he's in Florida with a pack of dogs and a yard. Nice. <laughs> Put me with a pack of dogs. Truth Like Velcro. Germany is where the Gadites are. Thank you, Truth Like Velcro. Putting it up there in the chat. We are all over. If you are in the United Kingdom now, put yourself up in the chat. We had some people in the Isle of Wight, I think, recently, too. Used to take the um, hovercraft over to the Isle of Wight. Anyway, it looks like we are running, running out of time. Flame of Yosef Malkitzedek gives us some scriptures to reference. Second Chronicles chapter seven, verse fourteen, and Ezekiel thirty-seven nineteen, and he says, or she says, and family shalom, Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Here's a good um, um, admonition from Amanda Rodriguez. Shabbat Shalom, Amanda. I bring these things to your attention to be obedient first to Yahuwah and second to warn the body of Yahushua that we are going to face a time where our trust and faith in Yahuwah must be great. Yes, yes. And Laura Lee replying says, Amanda, yes. I'm afraid that it is coming along with other horrors. May Yah have mercy upon his children. And that's what we pray. Yahuwah, Yahuwah Elohim, merciful, gracious, and long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth, who extends mercy to thousands, forgiver of iniquity, transgression, and sin, who by no means clears the guilty, but visits the sins of the fathers upon the children's children, to the third and fourth generation. Yahuwah, we pray for your rachamin, your mercy upon us, and that, Yahuwah, that you would be an enemy to our enemies. And we know that, Father, that you are our shield and our defense, just as you were to Avraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Shabbat Shalom Mishpocha, the 12 tribes scattered abroad, and we will see you, Yah willing, next Sabbath, enter in to these 10 days of Ah in fear of Yahuwah and trepidation of Yahuwah, not in fear of the world, as we go and deeply look at the sins that we have committed and make Teshuvah. Shabbat Shalom.